Hello there, and thank you for joining me for episode number nine of the Disney Parks Wanderer podcast. I'm your host, Emma Albertson. We're starting off this week with some good news. I'm sure a lot of you know that Disney World has been given a date in July to reopen, but it seems that Disneyland Paris will be following suit. This past weekend, they opened up the Disneyland Paris Golf Resort for reservation-only games of golf, and it seems that they've also decided to go along with Disney World and open around the July 11th date, which is always a nice sign to see that we're moving forward towards something better. Today I'm going to talk about something quite lighthearted and something that's very fun. I'm going to discuss my most ultimate Disney Parks bucket list. What I mean by that, it's a list of all the Disney things that I would absolutely love to have the chance to do in my lifetime, including adventures by Disney, Disney Parks all over the world and the cruise lines. Some of you may already have your own Disney bucket lists, but if not, why don't you take this as an opportunity to reflect on what you would put on yours and also to see whether you agree with mine. I'm going to give you the eight items that I've got on my ultimate Disney parks bucket list and explain a little bit more about each one. So let's get on with it, shall we? So the first thing on my ultimate Disney bucket list is something that I find super exciting and it's perhaps the one that I'm most desperate to do. And this is the Disneyland Resort and Southern California Escape by Adventures by Disney. So Adventures by Disney are, of course, a travel group owned by Disney that organize these tours all around the world in all the continents. And they have the option to add on incredible tours and extras and it's just, a lot of fun by the looks of it. But this one really, really caught my eye because it includes a bunch of experiences that any Disney fan would just love, including myself. And it's also pretty nice because it's all condensed into four days and three nights. So some of the cool things that are included that make my mouth water, you get a private tour of the Walt Disney Studios lot. And not only that, but you also get to see the Disney archives. And in the archives, there's props and memorabilia from lots and lots of Disney films, which is cool enough as it is. But aside from that, they also let you go into the studio store, which is a shop within the Walt Disney Studios complex, and they sell merchandise that you won't be able to find anywhere else. You will also get to eat lunch in Walt Disney Studios, and later on, you will also get a private tour of the Disney Imagineering. Now, for me, that is super exciting because I'm fascinated with how they come up with the ideas and put the technology into the attractions. So that alone is a huge reason of why I want to do this tour. As well as that, you of course get tickets to both the theme parks in California, so Disneyland Park and California Adventure, but you get a VIP visit. So that means you can skip lines, you have a tour guide, and you basically get to enjoy the parks without so much waiting around. On the same day, they will also give you a private tour of Walt's apartment. For those of you who don't know, there is a apartment located above the firehouse on Main Street USA in the California Disneyland Park, which was originally the idea of being Walt's apartment so he could survey everything going on in his theme park. Not many people really get to look at that. So that tour in itself is giving you an opportunity to do something that not many people can do. 
You also get a VIP viewing of World of Color, which is the nighttime spectacular at Disney California Adventure. So this one has got quite a price tag. It starts at $2,500 and that's for four days and three nights. But although I say it has got quite a price tag, when you really break down what you're getting, I think it's not too bad a value because bear in mind, they let you stay at the Disney's Grand Californian Spa and Hotel. And that alone has an average nightly rate of between six to $800. So think you've got three nights with that, plus all these exclusive private tours and tickets to go and see the parks. 2,500 doesn't seem quite so unbelievable, especially when you're talking about a Disney trip. So that one is way, way, way up on my list and I, as soon as I have the money, I am going to be doing that one, no doubt about it. Number two on my bucket list is to visit at least one of the Chinese parks. There are two Disneyland resorts within the China area, one in Hong Kong and one in Shanghai. They both look super impressive and have lots of unique features. That is why it is impossible for me to choose between the two and therefore why I have said at least one. Shanghai Disneyland is the newest Disney resort. It's got this amazing castle that's huge and inspired by different princesses. They have several attractions that tie into it. They've also got that Tron roller coaster that looks really high tech that's being currently built in Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World as well. They also have a really cool high tech upgraded version of Pirates of the Caribbean. This one is called Battle for Sunken Treasure. It has rave reviews and actually won an award from Amusement Today being the best dark ride of 2019. So it must be pretty impressive. Aside from that, they have a restaurant called Tangled Tree Tavern, which is inspired by the Disney film Tangled. That is one of my favorite films and I love Rapunzel. So that for me is a big draw. They also have a hotel resort completely inspired by Disney Pixar's Toy Story, which I can only imagine is the cutest thing. As for Hong Kong, they also have their fair share of unique attractions, starting with Mystic Manor, which is I guess a bit like the Haunted Mansion or Phantom Manor, except it's a bit more mystical rather than haunted, but it's got a beautiful interior and exterior and looks like a very intriguing ride. As well as that, they have two Marvel rides that you will not find in any other park for now. They have Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle, which is a lasery kind of game, a bit like Buzz Light is Laser Blast. And they also have the Iron Man experience, which is a 3D simulator. They also keep expanding this park and working on it to make it better. They're currently renovating the castle, which is looking to be quite an interesting design. And they built recently a new hotel resort called Disney Explorers Lodge. I can see inspiration from perhaps the Polynesian Resort and Animal Kingdom Lodge from Walt Disney World, but it also has its own unique flair. It looks luxurious and it's beautifully built. That is definitely a place I'd love to stay if I get the chance. As well as that, they've also got some very impressive food. One that comes to mind is a restaurant called The Crystal Lotus. This is a fancy fine dining restaurant that is found in Hong Kong Disneyland's Disneyland Hotel. 
They serve a variety of dim sum, which are like those steamed buns with fillings, but they actually are shaped and colored to look like some of the Disney characters, such as Mike Wazowski and Duffy the Bear. So as you can see, both of them have got some really impressive things to offer. I can only dream that one day I get to experience at least one of them. Me and my husband did go to China last year. We did think about going to one of the parks, but in the end, we only had a visa that allowed you to visit one region of China. And the region we went to was Chengdu as they had pandas and that was one of our aims. So unfortunately we couldn't go to any of the parks as they weren't within the region and they were too far. But hey, still got plenty of time to go and explore them. Next on my bucket list at number three is going to the International Flower and Garden Festival at Walt Disney World in Epcot. I was lucky enough to experience the International Food and Wine Festival, which I really loved. I loved how there were so many different foods and things to try. But there's something about the International Flower and Garden that just really appeals to me. I love things that are aesthetically pleasing and all the flowers, colors, topiaries and landscaping, all inspired by Disney characters and Disney films is just too cute to pass up. They also have special gardens that they set up inspired by different countries like the Japanese gardens. They also have an English tea garden and a butterfly garden and not to mention their special food booths. For example, they have the Honey Bistro, which has lots of different things, including honey, and they show you how important uh, bees are and the process of how they make honey. The one that really stands out to me is the Honey Peach Freeze. I love a frozen drink, which is also why I want to try the Violet Lemonade. I always see this on Instagram and Pinterest when this festival is on every year, and it looks so delicious. So. I think I'd really enjoy this festival. It's between March and June every year and my birthday's kind of late March. So I think one year I'd love to be able to find a way to be able to go around my birthday. Number four on my list is to experience Christmas time at Disneyland Anaheim. I already got to experience the Disney season at Disneyland Paris when I was younger and I loved it. It was so magical. I love Christmas time as it is and I love Disney. So combining the two is a win-win in my book. However, Disneyland Anaheim I'd like to experience because I feel like the very first Disneyland park would be extra magical. And they've got a few things that they don't have elsewhere that I think I would really enjoy. So they have not only the traditional Christmas stuff, but they also do Festival of the Holidays, which includes Viva Navidad. My husband is Spanish, as in European, Spain, Spanish, and he and his family celebrate Three Kings Day. And I've kind of adopted the holiday and I really like it. And they celebrate this at Disney's California Adventure. And I think that's really neat because it would be a nice way for us to both combine our traditions together. The other thing that's cool is they've got the ride overlays. They do the Nightmare Before Christmas on Phantom Manor and they do pumping in smells into the small world. And I know that they do this at Walt Disney World as well, but I've heard that they're better at California. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's, that's what I've heard. 
Also, one of the big things I wanted to see is the Christmas parade. So with Santa and the toy tin soldiers. And although they do do this parade in Walt Disney World, you typically have to go to a ticketed event. So the Christmas party, and that's an extra cost and an extra thing. Whereas in Anaheim, it seems that they put this parade on daily and you don't have to have a special ticketed event to be able to see it. So that was another reason I was pretty keen to go to Anaheim. And also the weather is pretty mild in California all year round. So I was thinking, can't really go wrong. We were actually hoping to go to Christmas time at Disneyland Anaheim this year in December. We were really hoping to go at the beginning of December before it got super crowded. But obviously with everything that's happening, we're not sure if we'll still be able to go, if it'll even be open. But fingers crossed that things will calm down and the world will start to get back to normal. And I might just be able to tick something off my bucket list this year. Number five on my list is to eat and drink around the world at Epcot. When I went to Epcot, we never really made it a priority to do that as we already had some reservations and we wanted to kind of take it slow and just enjoy. But if I could go back, I 100% would want to dedicate time to doing this gut busting challenge. As I've been able to peruse the areas with more tranquility and look at menus online, I've come up with my ideal itinerary for eating and drinking around the world. In the Mexico Pavilion, I would of course go to Chota de Margarita. I've mentioned this before, they have the best frozen margaritas and they've recently added some new flavors to their menu. So I think I would definitely want to try the spicy blackberry margarita. Next in the China Pavilion, I would be another beverage from Joy of Tea. They have bubble tea over there. I really like bubble tea. I know some people don't because it's kind of a weird consistency with the tapioca and everything, but I would definitely pick up some bubble tea. In the Moroccan Pavilion, I would have to go for the Mediterranean sliders as I love hummus and falafel and all that. And then in the UK Pavilion, honestly, as I'm from England, English food doesn't super excite me, but to get a real authentic sausage roll, I could put up with that. So I'd probably grab a sausage roll from the fish and chip shop. In the USA Pavilion, I would go to Regal Eagle Smokehouse and I would get a mint julep freeze. They actually didn't have that when I was there. And I honestly thought that the mint julep was something that they only had in the Disneyland Anaheim Resort, because I know they have those in the New Orleans Square area. And I was kind of saving myself for that. But when I saw they had a frozen mint julep, because as I've said, I'm a sucker for a frozen drink, that definitely made my list as they also have Mickey pretzels in the USA Pavilion as well. So that combo, I couldn't really pass up. At the Japan Pavilion, which is one of my favorite pavilions, I would grab the green tea cheesecake from Katsura Grill, and then I'd get a sake mist from Kabuki Cafe. So the sake mist is, they have that frozen shaved ice that they do there with lots of different flavors, but the sake mist is like that, but it's obviously alcoholic. They have sake in it, but they have different flavors like orange, blackberry, pineapple, coconut, and I just really want to try that. It sounds really refreshing. Germany, I'd grab apple strudel from Summerfest. Canada, I'd get maple popcorn from the popcorn cart. And in France, I would have to go to Artisan des Glaces and get one of their macaroon ice cream sandwiches. I never got one, so gutted, but they look amazing. And especially when they do seasonal ones like pumpkin spice flavor. Mmm. 
in the Italian pavilion. Lots of choice, but I'd probably grab an Italian margarita because it's limoncello and tequila. And I haven't had limoncello since I went to Italy with my family about 10 years ago. But they also have a tiramisu popsicle, which looks super appealing. So I wouldn't pass that one up. And then finally, in the Norwegian pavilion, I would get kringla, which is like a, a pretzel, but it has more sweet toppings on it. My mum is Danish, so I'm kind of used to Scandinavian treats and I really do like these ones. So yes, eating and drinking around the world is something I definitely want to indulge in. I'd have to wear some baggy trousers with the list that I had going on there. It wasn't exactly healthy, <laughs> but yes, it would be something I definitely want to achieve at one point. Number six probably won't come as a surprise to anyone as I've raved about this place in a couple of previous episodes of my podcast, but I really want to stay at Miracosta Hotel in the Tokyo Disneyland Resort. If you don't remember what that is, it is the hotel that is inside the theme park of Tokyo Disney Sea. It has views of the park. They have their own special priority entrance. You can sometimes see shows and behind the scenes things going on straight from your window. And it's just something that I really, really want to say that I've done one day. But aside from that, there's not really too much else to say. If you don't know what it looks like, Google it right now and you will understand why I want to stay there. Number seven on my list is to complete a run Disney princess run. Straight up front, I'm gonna be honest and say I'm not really a runner, nor do I like running. I do go to the gym very often and I enjoy doing group fitness exercises and classes and weightlifting, but running has just never really done it for me. That said though, this race is just really appealing to me. I think it would be a good challenge. It would push me out of my comfort zone exercise-wise. And it sounds really fun to be able to run through one of the Disney parks, meeting the Disney characters, getting the goodie bag and the t-shirt, and then of course the really cool Disney-themed medal. I would only do a 5k as honestly I think anything else would kill me <laughs> but I think it would be a really cool thing to be able to say that I've done and it would also be a fitness goal as well off of this bucket list and yeah so I would love to take part in a run Disney princess run whether I could convince my husband to do that with me I don't know but I'd have to rope someone in because I don't think I'd have the motivation to do it alone. And then lastly, for now, on my Disney bucket list is number eight, to go on a Disney Cruise Line adventure to Alaska. I must admit that the inspiration for this one came from watching an episode of Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings on Disney Plus, as one of the couples kind of got married on one of these uh, ships. I didn't really know that cruising was such a thing in colder places. I thought it was purely, you know, Caribbean, that kind of thing. But this one kind of caught my eyes. I thought it was different. And it's the kind of scenery and places that interest me a lot. I did a bit of research online to some of the itineraries that they offered and I was really impressed at the diverse activities. 
you can stop at historical sites you can see where the salmon rush happens every year they have a national park tour so you can see grizzly bears and other animals you find up there they also do um, mines they do a helicopter trip on glaciers you can go husky sledding the list was just endless and I thought wow maybe I've overlooked this my husband had also mentioned before how he'd like to go to Alaska so that's where this whole kind of idea stemmed from I've always wanted to go on a cruise, but I've always been a bit off put because I wasn't sure if I'd like the vibe or the activities. So the fact that Disney run the cruise ship kind of gives me that reassurance that I'm going to like what I find, as it's the same kind of level of entertainment and food that you would get in the parks. They have Disney shows and theater, musicals, they do parties and a lot of their restaurants are themed to characters and films. So I would know that at least I'm going to enjoy that side of it as well as going on the trips to see the different parts. So that's kind of how that ended up on my list and it's something I definitely would like to do in the future as I think it would be really fun and it's another side of Disney that I've never experienced. I'd now like to mention a few Disney items that were on my bucket list but that I was able to complete already. One of those being to go to Tokyo Disney Resort. Me and my husband went in 2016 and it was utterly amazing, really exceeded my expectations. Another thing was to spend my honeymoon in Walt Disney World. That was also on my bucket list and we crossed that off last year after we got married in September. Another item on my bucket list was to meet Miko the raccoon and I was able to meet him at Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World. It was completely by surprise. I didn't know you could even meet that character and we went back to Animal Kingdom on our very last day. We weren't going to, it wasn't planned. And we were walking through the park and there he was taking part in a dance party. So that was really cool, especially because I happened to be wearing my Miko, I'm only here for the food t-shirt. So that worked really well and I got some cute photos. So there you have it, my Disney parks bucket list as it stands. I'm sure I will be adding to it as Disney continues to expand their empire with new rides and attractions and hotels and locations for Disney adventures. But for now, that is how it is. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it and I gave you some inspiration or you learned some things that you didn't know you could do. I already know that I'm desperate to go to Disney Riviera Resort, so maybe I'll add that one in there. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to my Disney fact of the day. Did you know that originally Disney weren't sure if they wanted to build their European park in Paris or in Costa Dorada in Catalonia in Spain? We all know that they settled on Paris, but why? In the end, they decided that Paris was seen as more of a crossroad and focal point in Europe. It was more central, easier to get to for many millions of people. And Paris was just such a strong tourist attraction as it was that it seemed the most logical step to put Disney close to it. And that's why we have Disneyland Paris.
Well, that's another episode coming to a close. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, please follow. As always, if you want to get in touch, telling me about a trip that you have coming up, a previous trip, you want to share a tip, something magical that happened to you, or you want to share your Disney Imagineering ideas, feel free to write into my email, which is disneyparkwanderer at gmail.com. I will put that in the episode description as always. I will be back on Friday. Enjoy your week. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.